खिलाफत के अमी हम हैं अमानत हम संभालेंगे जो नेमत छिन वी बिलीव इन इक्वेलिटी ऑफ ह्यूमन बीइंग्स इन द रूल ऑफ लॉ एंड वी आर अगेंस्ट ऑल टाइप्स ऑफ ऑपरेशन वेलकम टू द एमकेए यूएसए वाइब रन बाय मजलिस कुदामल अहमदिया यूएसए America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. We're here to share a weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, lessons from our respected imams and wisdom from different sources. Khalifa ke labon se jo gulo jo har bikharte hain Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم هو الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره المشركون In chapter 61 verse 10 Allah Almighty says He it is who has sent his messenger with the guidance and the religion of truth that he may cause it to prevail over all religions however much those who associate partners with Allah may dislike it Today I would like to take an opportunity to discuss a new topic regarding the promised Messiah alayhi salam from a book written by Hazrat Al-Muslim Maud radiyallahu anhu called Welcome to Ahmadiyat the chapter i'm going to discuss today is about the triumph of islam over all other religions currently as you know that in khudam al-hamdiyah they have launched a a new outreach outreach group which is called the 313 and the purpose of that group is to find those dayin those who are so anxious to preach and to share the message of islam that they have joined a group and they have been learning from this book called welcome to ahmadiyat so today i have been assigned from them to discuss this very chapter and i decided that why not we discuss it together inshallah now regarding this book it's a very special book it outlines the different features and different special characteristics of the promised messiah alayhi salam hazrat mirza ghulam ahmad qadiani who through his appearance through his coming he has fulfilled so many prophecies so many things that were foretold about his coming and what were some of those very special features i'm going to discuss with you today one of them is from the verse i just recited before you that god almighty says that i have created this religion of course for you but that one of the special features is that it will prevail over all other religions that's the key so with that said i'll proceed to what are the various things that hazrat al muslim aur raziyat alano has mentioned in this book the first and foremost thing is that this prophecy about prevailing over other religions this is a very unique prophecy it is not something that was found at the time of the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam at his time the purpose or his mission was to complete the religion to complete the faith which we know that he did 
But there will be another time, and the time which is predicted would be the time of the promised Messiah During his time, that perfect religion would finally prevail over the other religions. Now look around us today, we are all living here in New York City. One of the most, especially in Queens, one of the most diverse zip codes on the planet. That also means that it, religiously, it is also one of the most diverse places on the planet. So many different religions are here in Queens. All of them, all of them in their various versions and their different denominations are all claiming to be the one from Allah. But we know very well that Allah Almighty has promised that Islam would prevail over all other religions. There's no other book that makes this claim the way the Holy Quran does. Now to do this, we know that it's going to be fulfilled by the coming of the promised Messiah How will that be fulfilled? The first thing is, let's understand why it was not fulfilled before. What are the reasons for that? The first, Hazrat al-Muslim mentions that the variety of religions were not known at that time. Just imagine at the time of the Holy Prophet Muhammad During his time, there were idol worshippers, there were Jews, and there were Christians, and maybe one or two others. Hinduism was not known in that area. Buddhism was not known in that area. Number two, there was no printing press. This is why the Arabs used to memorize the Holy Quran, to safeguard it. It was very difficult to have a way to preserve knowledge in different books. Number three, there wasn't a competition between religions in the way we see it today. Of course, they challenged Islam. Of course, they challenged, you know, Christianity was there, Judaism was there. They were all challenging Islam. But the competitiveness that we see today, it was not there at that time. Number four, transportation was very difficult. Just imagine somebody at that time living in Africa, or even if he was living in Australia, he had no idea what, where Arabia was. There was no way for him to, to travel that far in that distance. And of course, number five is the communication. Today, I can record what is happening today right here, right now, and it can be transmitted around the world instantly. Somebody sitting in Bangladesh or Pakistan or India or Singapore or Jamaica, all of them can sit there and watch this video. This is a kind of communication we have today. And this kind of communication, of course, began at the time of the promised Messiah. Another thing that is important to mention is that right before the coming of the promised Messiah, you know, whenever we mention about the Holy Prophet Muhammad, we always mention how the Arabs were right before he came. Right? We know how terrible their state was, their condition was. Let's understand what the condition of Muslims was right before the promised Messiah. They were such that they had no idea what their religion was. Their, their faith had been so lost that it was very unfortunate and very sad. It was such a state that the Holy Prophet Muhammad had prophesied it. He had predicted it that their state would be like this. And so, when we look around at that time of the state of the Muslims, 
we find that the Christians in India, for example, they had declared that we will wipe out Islam within 100 years. They were so confident. Similarly, they made it very, very clear that everything about Islam and all the different strongholds they were at, all of them, they had taken over. And they were converting even the Sayyids, even the people who were considered the family of the Holy Prophet Muhammad They were preaching all kinds of nonsense, spreading all kinds of nonsense, talking against Islam in such a way. In the midst of all that, we had the Hindus. Now Hindus are very special in the sense that their religion doesn't promote preaching the way Christianity and Islam promote it. Yet they were preaching and they were converting in such a fashion that hundreds and thousands of Muslims were being brought to Christianity, to Hinduism, in great numbers. All of this was happening at a time when there was not a single person to defend Islam. And I don't say this lightly. It was such a way that Hazrat Muslim mentions that it was like a brave man who was dead, laying on the, on the street, and vultures were eating at him. He was a brave man. He could, everybody was afraid of him when he was alive. The moment he was dead, that's it. Vultures are eating at him. He has no more power to defend himself. This is what the state of Islam was at that time. In the midst of all of this, the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad, he wrote his very first book called Brahina Ahmadiyya. Very iconic book. We are so blessed that in this age, nearly 120 years later, is now being translated into English for us. Everybody should read it. Volumes 1, 2, 3, I believe, are available. In that book, he challenges all the Christians and all the Hindus and everybody else around the world. In every religion, he very clearly declares, he says that, I will give you proof that Islam is superior. And I will do it from the teachings of Islam. I will do it from the Hadith and from the Holy Quran itself. And he definitely had done that very, very, very easily. And it became an acclaimed book, so much so that all of the Muslims in India and around began to praise the book very highly. They did not know that Allah had chosen this man to be the Messiah. At that moment, they called him the Mujaddid. They called him all kinds of things. You are a great warrior of Islam. Then Hazrat al-Muslim mentions that there were five things that the promised Messiah did, he initiated, he established in a way where he clearly defeated all the other religions within his life. And he mentions that, fine, you may look around you, you might see Christianity is still there, you might see Hinduism is still there, other religions are still there, but you compare this tree from the seed that it was planted. And he said, this seed is such that their defeat is inevitable from the way he has established the victory. Now, how is that? I don't want to get too complicated. Let me make it simple now. He mentions five points. He said, look at the five things he did that we too should do today. And we should be preaching. And we should be sharing. He said, these five things will establish Islam over every other religion. 
as he did in his life, it will happen today. Number one, he said the victory over Christianity. There are two things that Christianity stands on today, as it did in the past. Number one, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He said that if you look around you in terms of the references, for centuries, hundreds and thousands, if not millions of people have been given this, been fed this news that Jesus has died for your sins on the cross. And many have liked it, many have joined. Number one. Number two, after he died on the cross, then he was raised up into heaven. He said, these are the two things that Christianity stands on today. Both of them in the life of the promised Messiah, he dismantled them. The first he said, from the Bible itself, he proved. He said, look at the Bible, I will show you from the Bible. Jesus did not die on the cross. His bones were not broken. Blood, warm blood was gushing out. And step by step, he mentions every single step to prove that he was alive while on the cross and he came down alive. Then, the next part, the resurrection, that he will go to heaven. Jesus says himself in the Bible, I have not come but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. His mission was not to die anywhere or to go to heaven. His mission was to connect with the ten lost tribes. And then from the Bible again, the promised Messiah proved that he migrated east all the way to Afghanistan and beyond. Why? Because the ten lost tribes have traveled there. So much so that in those areas, we, he then went a step further. And from his research, historical, scientific, and all kinds of research, he compiled a book called Jesus in India. And he proved that Hazrat Isa salam, has been buried in Kashmir. Now, both of these shook the very foundation of Christianity. This was number one. Number two, how he further overcame other religions. And the reason why we mention Christianity first, they are the only religion in the world that is forcefully preaching to people. Look at any other religion, nobody is forcefully preaching to anybody. Nobody is converting anybody except Christianity and Islam. And so Christianity became a huge force. Number two, the promised Messiah was predicted by the Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, to break the cross. That was his job. Now he wasn't physically going to go and break every single cross. But he was going to break the foundation of which they hold this cross up very high. And even more beautiful, if you see today, if you go to Virginia, to our masjid, it used to be a church. We removed the cross there as well. One by one, we are spreading the message of Islam Ahmadiyya. We are growing. And many of them, we acquire churches. And so even on a physical and literal way, we are removing those crosses as well. Now number two, the promised Messiah said, that look at all around you. All the religions are expecting somebody. Buddhism is expecting somebody. Hinduism is expecting a reformer. Christianity is expecting the second coming of Jesus. Muslims are expecting Imam Mahdi. And many others, every single one of them is expecting somebody. He said, look around you, do we believe in one God or five? Of course, everybody said one God. There's no doubt about that. If there's one God, 
Now why would this one God send five different people? Everybody began to think, what do you mean only, f why not five people? Say so he will send one who will unite these five religions. And that is the promised Messiah in Iman Nabi. That is Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Muhammad When he brought this forward, not a single other religion could, has, has even fathomed this idea. No other religion could have said, our guy is all five guys, except the promised Messiah There's a small point here. He mentions about Guru Nanak, Baba Guru Nanak. They mentioned that you know he was one of those rare people who came after the Holy Prophet Muhammad All the other religions were before. It's very easy to say they're all from God, they all had somebody coming. So they all knew that the Promised Messiah would come. But what about Guru Baba Nanak? He came after. There he mentioned that even Guru Baba Nanak's own writings, his own, his own book, he very clearly says, I have not come here for any new religion. Then the Promised Messiah delved deeper into his life and found very clearly that he too was a Muslim. The cloak he wore had verses of the Holy Quran all over it. For the Sikh community, they thought it was a mysterious language. Then he had this small necklace of a book. They also thought it was a very special and sacred book, only to find it's the Holy Quran. He went to Hajj. He would go to Muslim saints and sit with them. He would do the Salat. He said from here it's very clear that he too was a Muslim. Number three. Another challenge he gave. He said every single nation, every single people has had a warner that come to them. Now what's interesting is that at that point Christians will say, join us, we will give you Jesus. But you have to leave Krishna, you have to leave Buddha, and you have to leave the Holy Prophet Muhammad Buddhists would say, join Buddha, but you have to leave Isa, you have to leave Muhammad you have to leave Krishna. And everybody would say this. The Prophet Muhammad said very clearly. He said in the Holy Quran, Allah says, there is not a single nation that was not given a warner. Everybody was given a prophet. Some of those that we talk about who are founders of religions, they too were prophets of God. Krishna, Buddha. So he said, when you join Islam, you don't lose anything. You gain. You gain the Holy Prophet Muhammad And you gain Buddha You gain Krishna And you gain Isa This also shook the whole foundation of that place. And number four. It came time for religious debates. At that time, people would debate and they would go on and on. They would just jump from their stance, one idea to another idea. They would just argue for the sake of arguing. It became so much so that religious debate became a joke. Then the promised Messiah came. He said, let me add one simple condition to your debates. When you debate, pick your holy book. Whatever you're going to prove, prove it from your holy book. Don't tell me this scholar said this, and that scholar said this, and this man said this, and this guru said that. So forget all of that. 
show me from your holy book. I will show you from mine. And this way, he regulated the debate. Then it was about my book versus your book. And once he was preaching my book versus your book, the Holy Quran surpassed everybody. Nobody else had a challenge. Then number five. This is one of the strongest points and this is a point where it applies to me and you. We can have all the way up to number four. Very easily we can control debates. We can have arguments about Jesus salam. We can talk about Guru Baba Nana. We can talk about all of these things. But without number five, without this next number, we have nothing. He says number five is to challenge other religions, let's challenge them on who is closer to Allah. Me or you. He said a religion's purpose is to connect you with God. And if you connect with God, it's like if I'm friends with, with the king. Just by being close to the king, I will receive benefits, right? If the local police arrest me, I'll say, hey, I'm the friend with the king. He will let me go. If I'm friends with the king, maybe I need some small loan. I will go to the king. He will give me a loan. You will receive those benefits. You will see the signs of being close to the king. He said the same exists with somebody who is close to Allah. If you are close to Allah, those signs will be seen on you. So then he challenged the other religions. He said, fine, simple challenge. You believe your religion is from God and you can reach God with your religion. Here is a challenge. Which religion is a living religion? Yours or mine? And then back to back, he challenged every single person, every single religion there. He said, I will gather sick people, you gather sick people. He said, I will pray to Allah, you pray to Allah. So many challenges back to back. All of them, the purpose was to show that Islam is a living religion and all the others are dead. Islam is so living that none of, he says, none of those stories that you read in the Holy Quran are just stories. They can happen today. If Hazrat Isa Islam was receiving revelation, today you can receive revelation. He said, God speaks as he did in the past. He hears as he used to hear. This was the connection he established from man with God. This was so important, so crucial. And this is something all of us have to work on. If we truly wish to preach, if we truly wish to share the message of Allah, the only way we can do that is if we connect with Allah Almighty. If we truly connect, then with a loud voice we can tell all the religions around us. Remember, this is the most diverse zip code on the planet. The only way we can share that Islam is the best and true religion is if we connect with Allah Almighty today. And we see those signs in our lives. We see true dreams, or we see true decisions, or whatever it may be. Those signs should be seen in us. In our actions, in our behavior, in who we are. The end he mentions, as a Muslim, very clearly, he says, the Holy Quran was there from the beginning. It was like a sword but there was no swordsman until the promised Messiah That's the key. So today, if we want to benefit from that sword, meaning that Holy Quran, we have to follow the swordsman and learn from him. We have to follow his example 
follow his message, follow his teachings. And follow the step-by-step way that he had conquered all other religions. Many people ask sometimes, why India? Why did the Promised Messiah go to India? Just think back in your history class. A hundred years ago. How many religions were in America a hundred years ago? Maybe just Christianity. Pockets of Muslims here and there, but mainly was Christianity. In Europe, same thing. India was that one special place where Christianity was there, Hinduism was there, Buddhism was there, Islam was there. Even Yehudis were there, Jewish people. All the religions were very prominently existing in, in India. And they all lived. You would walk down the street, even today, you go to that region, you walk down the street, you will see a synagogue, you will see a mosque, you will see a church, you will see a Gurdwara. And you can see the same thing here in New York City. If the environment is here for us, this is our chance to spread the message of Islam, to preach it, and to show from our own example that this is not only a living religion, it's a religion that God has blessed and He will help it to prevail over all other religions. Inshallah. Inshallah. Khalifa ke labon se jo gulo johar bikharte You've been listening to the MKA Vibe by Majlis Qudamal Ahmadiyya USA, America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. Subscribe to get more of our weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, lessons from our respected Imams and wisdom from different sources. Tweet us your ideas and thoughts at Muslim Youth USA.